Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. This is an English summary, a just and a translation of the Majlis of Hazrat Maqam Ruzama Sahib Dhamad Barakatuhum which took place on Monday, the 11th of Rabi'ul Awwal, 1443, corresponding with the English date, 18th of October, 2021. That's the ayat Hazrat Wala starts off with. And then he goes on to say, that this kitab I have been uh, reading out for a few days. It is a kitab on the seerah, the grand life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. In fact, this kitab, right on the cover, it is written, Khuda dar intizar hamd manest. Allah Ta'ala is not waiting. For any praise to come to him, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is independent. Muhammad, Chashm, Barrai, Thana, Nest. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's excellence is in its place. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is not waiting for acknowledgement by anyone. Khuda, Madah, Afari, Mustafa, Bas. And the praise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Bas, it is enough, it is sufficient, it's everything. Muhammad, Hamide, Hamde Khuda, Bas. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's praise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is sufficient, it is enough. Allahu Akbar, beautiful couplets. And Hazrat Mawlana Muhammad Ahmad Saab used to say, you know the Karima Tayyiba, La ilaha illallah, that's a reality. There's none worthy of worship but Allah. Now, to this reality, no change and no difference can come about. This is a fact and this is how it is. That's the first Kalima. Now, the second kalima goes on to say, Ashhadu Allah ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna Muhammadan abduhu wa rasooluh. So, the first kalima, that's the fact, that's how it is, that's the reality, whether people accept it or they don't accept it. The second kalima, whoever says that second kalima, the shahadat, testifies that there is none worthy of worship but Allah and testifies that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the last and final messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then he has brought great fortune his way. In Madarij Salikin it is written it is written about a arif. Somebody asked him that if a person is holding the leg of the grand arsh of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the adhan goes, then what happens? He says so beautifully, then at that time he has to abandon the leg of the grand arsh of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he has to answer the caller of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Hayya ala salah, hayya ala al-falah. And so beautifully, Hazarwala then goes on to say, he even goes further to say this year, then once he's done with salat, then he can go again and hold on to the leg of the grand arsh of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now we don't even have ilm and knowledge about these things. This is the importance of the shari'at. 
When the munadi of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, his caller calls out, then we abandon everything, no matter what type of spiritual alam we may be in. You know, it reminds me, on one occasion, we were in uh, Riyadhul Jannah. That portion, the piece of Jannah, which is in Masjid al-Nabawi. And I mentioned to Hazrat Mawlana Abrarul Haqsab, I mean, which person doesn't want to be there? And I said to him, you know, we sit there, but when the Zohar time comes and the Salat time comes, I said to Hazrat Mawlana Abrarul Haq that I come out from that area and then I go forward and I go and sit in the first saf. Hazrat Mawlana Abrarul Haq was so pleased with this, so pleased with that, meaning that Riyadhul Jannah has its own great privilege. But what can we say about the Safful Ula? You know, we see amongst the Arabs, they fill up the Safs and they go forward. But when you see people uh, withheld, reluctant, not going forward, then I just say, say to myself, it must be some one of our people from the Indo-Pak subcontinent, from India or Pakistan, etc. On one occasion, a sheikh was giving a khutbah, the imam, and he's saying, and he's noticing this sheikh that's sitting right at the back, and with him are his disciples, and they are not coming forward. I heard this from my Saeed. He said that I am telling you people about the preference and the fazilat and the virtue and the privilege of the first saf. You, should, you people should come forward. And listen, if you don't come forward, I shall bring you forward by force, by means of the police, the shurta. Allahu Akbar. Safi ula. You know, it's amazing how sometimes when there's a gap opens up in the first saf, and then we start giving preference and we tell the next person, no, 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 you go forward. It's so amazing. We start giving ithar and preference to the person to go into the first saf. But when baskets are offered to us, or this or that or the other, then there's no preference. We only think about ourselves and none other. You know, it comes in the hadith. It comes in the hadith that even if the hoof of a goat <clears throat> the feet of a goat are going to be distributed then people will come to the masjid even if they have to come crawling but when they are called for the salat when they are called for the fajr or for the safa'ula then they would never come they would never come nevertheless we go through the kitab and we can continue reading from the khususiyat of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the ayat of the quran majid harisun alaykum that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is so anxious he is anxious for good to come to you tumhari manfaat kabare khayish mand hai he is so anxious for good to come to you now here there is a preposition, Allah, the sila, that comes there. That also goes for greater uh, emphasis that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is anxious. He's anxious. He just doesn't wish that for you. He's anxious that good should come to you. 
Now, from this particular ayat, we understand that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had in front of him the good, well-wishing nature and he only wished good to come to his ummah. In Surah Yusuf, it is written, وَمَا أَكْثَرُ النَّاسِ وَلَوْ حَرَسْتَ بِمُؤْمِنِينَ <clears throat> Many people Many people will not bring Iman even though you are so eager and thirsty for them to become Mu'mineen and for them to accept Iman and uh, Islam. Now from this ayat, we can see what type of thirst Rasulullah had for every single person to bow down, to become subservient in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, their Malik, wahdahu la sharika Allah is one. His deen is one. And whoever would en enter this deen, it would bring all these people and it would make them muttahid and muttafiq. It would unite them all. The tribal leader, of the Quraysh, Utbah. On one occasion, he said to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Do you wish for wealth? I will be guarantee for that. And I will pass on to you all type of wealth that you desire. What is it? Do you want honor and status? I will let all the heads of the different clans bow down to you. What is it? Do you want the throne? I will make the entire Arab all subservient to you and they would obey you. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam replied, I do not want wealth and riches, nor do I want uh, to rule and this type of status. This is not my desire. I have come from the side of the Lord of all the worlds with his message to you. And I want to let it go to the ear of every person that wants to listen to it. And this is my great ambition. On one occasion, Abu Jahal came and injured Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Hamza radiyallahu ta'ala heard about this type of thing that happened to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He had it for Abu Jahal and in turn he injured Abu Jahal. Thereafter he comes to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and says to him, Muhammad, you should be happy that I took revenge for you against Abu Jahal, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, answered and he said that I've got no relation, I've got no ta'alluq with revenge and these type of matters. Yes, if you accept Islam and become Muslim, I would be really delighted and extremely happy. This words of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam touched Hazar Hamza radiallahu ta'ala fell into his heart and he accepted Islam. From these incidents, we understand that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's 
intention and his desire and his wish was not tainted with the sand and the dust of other things. He only wished good for this ummah. Harisun alaykum. He is anxious for good to come to you. It was not based on any personal benefit for him. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam was clear, clean and pure from all the abhorrent characteristics. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam was on the highest uh, level of love. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam wanted benefit for the general masses and he was an embodiment of this good and this generosity and well-wishing nature. Look at the du'as of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam that he made from time to time in the right of the ummah. Look at the du'a that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam made just a month before his demise. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, O Muslims, Allah Ta'ala keep you with peace. Allah protect you. Allah save you from evil. Allah assist you. Allah elevate you. Allah give you hidayat and inspiration. Allah take you into his refuge and protection. Allah save you from calamities, trials and tribulations. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect your deen for you. Now just ponder over these wordings and these du'as of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam as if he would continue making du'a after du'a after du'a then too it would not tire him Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam would not get tired and this is that sifat and this is the quality harisun alaykum he is anxious for good to come to you. Ya Rabbi, salli wa sallim da'iman abadan ala habibika khayril khalki kullihimi. Another khususiyat and speciality of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was bil mu'minina ra'ufur rahim extremely forgiving and merciful towards the mu'mineen. In the Sahihain, it is related from Sayyidina Ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu ta'ala that kana Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yatakhawaluna bil maw'iza makhafata s-samma alayna. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to give us nasihat at different intervals, not at so, not, not close to one another, meaning with some type of gap and space in between out of the fear that we may become uh, uh, this may become a burden or become too weighty or hard for us now just look at that even his majlis and his advices to the ummah nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam did not have it all the time every day all the time it wasn't just that this was the shafqat and the ra'fat and the rahmah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam so much, so much that the listener would be able to appreciate and listen attentively because he is so fresh and his mind is so clear and open and 
every time he would listen in this manner with complete and total enthusiasm why because rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam is not continuing and advising all the time at every occasion all the time because that would become hard for the mu'minin now this was the mubarak habit of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam it was also his habit that in salat if any child would be crying out then nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam would make the salat very very brief and complete the salat in that manner uh, uh, short so that the mother could then see to her child rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam's habit was that if he was mounted he would not give the permission for someone else to walk aside the horse alongside the horse even though the sahaba wanted to sacrifice their lives for him then too he would not allow that uh, to happen rather he would uh, return them his habit mubarak habit rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam also was that that if any person was maqruz was in uh, debt then he would fulfill and assist him from the baitul mal before that person could be uh, buried however that that's the one part that the person had debts but before he could be buried Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam would fulfill that from the baitul mal and he would not in the same breath if there was wealth in that estate he would not take that wealth of the deceased Allahu akbar Khud kisi murda ka mal qubool nahi farmaya karte the he would not take the wealth of the deceased person nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam used to say that do not backbite of anyone in front of me i do not like to come main nahi chahta ke kisi ke taraf se meri saaf dili mein farq aaye i do not wish this that a difference come in the pure hearted my pure heartedness towards anyone Many times Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam spent the entire night in making dua for the ummah just on that point of um uh, uh, leaving leave me and my heart in its pure hearted state meaning i do not want to come out thinking about someone like this or like that and due to which that person would be deprived of the fuyuz and the barakat in my heart hazrat maulana Shah Wasiullah Sahab Hazrat Wala goes on to quote used to say that this has become so common people come to the mashayikh and they try to make the mashayikh turn their thoughts and their hearts and their attention away from people by poisoning their minds and backbiting about others in front of these shuyukh and Hazrat is saying that this is becoming very very common these days you know umar radiyallahu ta'ala an i need to even check this uh, narration i heard it from hazrat maulana shah wasiullah sahab a person came to him and then said 
that uh, I believe Muhammad has got so much of awe in this and that and uh, people are scared of him and this and that. Uh, tell me, I just got a question for you. Tell me, what's his relationship with children? So Umar ta'ala said to him, his relationship with children is that of love, mercy, compassion and kindness. This person immediately said, if that is his character, then he is a very, very compassionate person. I'm building up that courage. I'm going to meet him. Allahu Akbar. You know, we heard the hadith, the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, man ta'ala umruhu wa hasuna amaluhu. That the best amongst you is the one who has a lengthy life and his actions are good as well. But I came across another narration, which I'm looking for the essence of it as well. The narration reads that Atwalu A'maran. These words also meaning a very, very long life, but these words. <coughs> so Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa was sent as a mercy unto mankind. وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ إِلَّا رَحْمَةً لِلْعَالَمِينَ His teachings, the teachings were so beneficial and it was a mercy unto mankind. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam himself was a mercy unto mankind. <coughs> so Rahmatul Lil'Alameen was that personality Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam who took the servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the presence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and made them acquainted with the sacred a call from the side of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that call was he made them familiar with that call Udu'uni astajib lakum He took the ummah and he took them in the presence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he made them acquainted with what Allah is saying Call out to me and I shall reply I shall answer to you Rahmatul lil alameen You know Khiyarukum Now we're speaking about the best amongst you is the one who has a long life together with good deeds. Another hadith which Hazrat Maulana Hakim Akhtar Sahib said that I am taking this as a gift when I'm returning to Pakistan. This, this particular hadith was Khiyaru Ummati The best of my Ummah Man da'a ilallah The one who calls to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and makes the servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala beloved to him. <coughs> so a person brings about peace, love, acquaintance, affinity between husband and wife and then after that how people love him. He brings sulah and concile, reconciliation between father and son and then people are prepared to give him the world. But what can be the condition and how grand and great rather the best of the lot would be the one who makes the servant of Allah 
Beloved, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allahu Akbar. Rabbana taqabbal minna, innaka anta al-sami'ul alim, wa tub alayna innaka anta al-tawwabu al-rahim, bi hurmati sayyidin nabiyyil kareem, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam.